Welcome to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, with your host, Director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome to the Veterans Perspective. I'm your host, Zanetta Adams, the Director of the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. And today we're talking about Winter Wonderland. We all know Michigan is the Winter Wonderland state. Uh, We love our snow just sometimes, right? Um, And we're talking about winter activities for veterans and their family. Joining us today and coming back with us is Jennifer Lamb, the Strategic Outreach Manager at the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, Marge DeLacy from Mount Brighton, and Shelly Rude from Others Over Self. We have a great show. This is a great time of year to talk about it. You're going to want to get out your pad and your pencil because you're definitely going to want to take notes about the things that you can do here in Michigan, whether you're a veteran or a family member. So we want you to stick around. It's gonna be a great show today. See you right after the commercial break on the Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. We are talking about winter wonderland. And we're talking about opportunities and recreation recreational opportunities here in the state. Now, you know, I I find it interesting that, um, you know, I am, I moved from a cold state, Illinois, to another cold state, Michigan, and uh, not many differences, except that there are some cool things that we have here. And joining me to talk about some of that is Aaron Stover, the public affairs officer at the MVAA. Welcome back to the show, Aaron. Thanks, director. So, you know, one of the things I learned, and it was probably not until I had been living here about a good four or five years, was that we actually have ski resorts here in Michigan. I know. And like you, I'm originally from Illinois. Uh, and then being in Michigan, it's I just thought it would be pretty similar winters. But I feel like the winters in Michigan are a little bit more intense than Michigan or winters in Illinois. They are intense. And I will say that you know, I, I found my, I would say, I don't want to say my love of skiing, but I, you know, I had to go all the way out of the state to figure out that maybe this might be something cool to do. Um, and that was, you know, I went to Aspen for a recreational opportunity for veterans, actually, uh, wounded warriors. And, um, it wasn't wounded warriors, but for wounded warriors. And, uh, you know, was able to to learn how to sit ski and buy ski. So being somebody who's disabled and knowing that I could actually try something, first of all, new that I had never done before, but do it in a way I wasn't going to hurt myself was pretty cool. Um, have you ever been skiing? Erin? I have. So I've been downhill skiing before. And before coming to work for the MVAA, I worked for an organization that supported people with intellectual disabilities. So I'm pretty familiar with adaptive sports And I love it. I love seeing the opportunities for people who might have some sort of um, physical thing that might prohibit them from a traditional type skiing. And it's always great just to see how, like you mentioned, you did a sit ski. And I Mm -hmm. love it. I love seeing the opportunities for everyone across the board. Well, and you know what? These are things you never know exist. And so, you know, I'm telling this because I want I want our listeners to know there are things out there for you, no matter what your ability or capability is. Um, I I remember the very first time I went out on the slopes, it was with a slider ski, which looks like a walker. And I was like, oh, no, here we go. I got to go back to the walker. But it was like I had four skis. It was pretty cool. I had my regular skis. I had my instructor tethered to the back (laughs) to make sure I didn't fall off a cliff. 
and then I had my <laughs> that I had on skis. And so really, he was helping to guide me. I was able to enjoy the sport while I was standing. But, you know, but then when I wasn't able to stand as much, I got to try two different things, a sit ski, which you really use your hips to, to move, right, to move the skis. And then a bike, a bike ski, like that was something I never heard of was a ski bike. Have you ever seen that? I have not. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? Well, I will tell you that was the last time I skied was on a ski bike. <laughs> um, so I thought I was a hot shot. I, I went on a ski bike. I will tell you a little bit about it. So it really is you're sitting but and you have like um, you have handles, but you're using your lower body to kind of shift. And now I'm trying to remember, was it it was like one ski. So uh, it was one ski and I had to shift. And the last time I skied was probably in 2018. And that's because I scared myself to death. <laughs> we were on, I, 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 I was on this, on the little, the bunny hill, if you will. And I was like, yeah, I'm a hot shot. And so I'm going down on the bike ski and they're like, you know what, let's go to the blue mountain. Uh, anybody who knows what a blue mountain is, it's just a step up. But right. you know, you think, heck yeah, I'm on a blue mountain. It's all the way down there. I could do it. Well, it wasn't a straight shot for us because we were, um, you know, wounded, <laughs> wounded veterans and all of these <laughs> other things. We had to take the detour route, which, you know, we didn't have to where we're not going straight down, going back and forth. And so I just I'll never forget. I had the worst panic attack ever. <laughs> and by the way, if you're having a panic attack, you feel like you might be having a panic attack. Don't drink Red Bull. Just saying no, it's just no. a bad thing to do. Um, and so I'm on this sit ski. I see the guy who's in front of me go around the corner. I don't see him anymore, but all I see is cliff. And so now I'm thinking I'm going to go off the cliff trying to go around this corner. And my right side, which is my injured side, the worst side wasn't working. So I wasn't able to turn. So I remember no. falling into the side of the mountain. Yeah. If you could see my, my physicals right now, people, it's really crazy. I'm literally falling into the side of the air, but I was falling into the side of the mountain. And I remember by the time I got to the end, my hands were shaking. My heart was racing. Like I felt like I was going to die. I didn't die. So, I mean, I probably should get back out and do it again, but it was just, it was amazing that I, when I was done though, I said, I, I finished and I was able to accomplish that. And I, I would encourage anybody to get out there and try some of these sports. You know, you can do uh, snowshoeing, you can do uh, luge. That's a cool thing right. here in Michigan, right? Have you tried luge? I have not, but uh, a few years ago, some friends and I, we went on a toboggan hill and that was a blast for sure. But if you ever want a rude reminder of your age, I think it's doing a sport like that where you're flying down a hill in a tube with some friends and yeah, you definitely feel it at the end of the day. So what you're saying is I probably shouldn't try it. <laughs> try it, but just be mindful that we're we're not in our twenties anymore, director. And yes, stringy it. as I as we once were. That was one I wanted to try, but I'm thinking maybe I might not be able to get up. So you know what? <laughs> At the end of the day, get out and enjoy this air. We're going to be talking about that today. We're going to be talking with Jennifer Lamb, who's going to share some great recreational opportunities out there. Marge DeLacy. We're going to be speaking with her as well, and I'm just really excited about the show today because. I, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not a winter person. I don't like the cold, but you know what? There are some fun things to do out there. So Absolutely. you stick around. Thanks for joining us, Aaron. Thanks Absolutely. director. Thanks. And I, I, I want you guys to stick around and listen to the opportunities that are out there. And if you miss any part of this show, you can always download it as a podcast, as a podcast, um, or you could check out the WJR website. So we'll be right back on the veterans perspective.
Welcome back. We are joined uh, by Jennifer Lamb, the strategic manager at the MBAA, who is also a licensed clinical social worker and Marine Corps vet. She has been a regular on our show, and we are pleased to welcome her back today. Jennifer, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me again, Director. You know, uh, we're talking about winter recreation, but, you know, I think the biggest part of what we're talking about is winter and the effects that it has on people. And, you know, on the show I've talked about, I think it's always around winter, too, um, that I've talked about seasonal affective disorder, SAD, what they call it. And I've talked about some of the things that we can we can do there. But but uh, I think so many people in states like this one deal with seasonal affective disorder. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I would love to. You know, I see it and feel it too. It's sometimes dreary and gray outside. I didn't grow up in Michigan, so this was totally new to me when I um, came here and decided to call this my own. But when we're talking about something like seasonal affective disorder, you know, I just always want to point out that that is an actual um, medical diagnosis. So that is something that happens with seasonal changes, it's very commonly seen as kind of depression that you feel in the winter months. So you might start to feel the same level of depression coming again and again, season after season. And so if this is the case, if anybody out there is listening, you know, it is very common. There's almost 3 million people in the U.S. that's diagnosed with this every year. Um, it is also treatable. The biggest thing that I tell people is there's treatment and treatment works, but you would want to make a, a appointment to go see your doctor. You would want to do some lab testing and there's even some imaging that they can do to make sure. And once somebody is diagnosed with seasonal affective disorder, there's a lot of things that can happen with light therapy and with other things. Uh, what I like to talk about though is, is something that's a little less clinical than seasonal affective disorder. And that's, you know, the winter blues or the, the grays that you might get when you look outside and you haven't seen the sun for a couple of weeks. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right, director? Yeah, you know, and I, I, you know, I really think that a lot of what we're talking about is tied to lack of sun, lack of seeing, you know, having, you know, I'll be honest, for me personally, I, I lack vitamin D. And I hear that there are a lot of, especially women that lack enough vitamin D. And so then you take away the sun. <laughs> it's like you really are feeling like you said, uh, winter blues. And so there are some things I think uh, definitely you should talk to your doctor about because it, it may not necessarily be sad. Like you said, it could be a lack of vitamin D, but it also could be just like you said, winter blues and just feeling, I, I was feeling that way today beyond, to be honest, I was like, why am I just so like drab? And, you know, I look up and there's no sun. So, uh, you know, what can people do about that? Well, let me tell you, my favorite thing is talking about the meh of winter, the meh M-E-H-S, because there's some very specific things you can do when you get the meds. And so it's not the full depression, but maybe it is when you're not feeling great and you're not feeling at your best. The first one is meditation. So meditation is something that we know works. It has transcended every culture across the globe. It's an opportunity if you think about your phone or your computer or what your IT tech tells you, you know, have you tried powering it down and starting it back up again? That's exactly what meditation does for you. So when I talk about the mez of, of the winter blues, the first one is meditation, which is M. The next one is exercise. You know, if you can do it outside, 
even the dreariest of days, there's some light outside. And outside offers a lot of things that you don't get when you are inside. There's different invigorating smells that you might be exposed to. There's temperature changes, even that breeze against your skin. Even in the dreariest days, you might find a little bit of light if you exercise. The H of the mez is my favorite. Uh, Director, have you ever heard of Huga? No. This is something that you see all over um, like Pinterest and some of these social media sites. So this is a Danish phrase, Huga, and it talks about slowing down, snuggling in, you know, finding that super warm blanket, making yourself as cozy as possible. It's a change in your mindset. We live in Michigan. It's going to be cold. But for me, it's a great time to binge watch some TV shows mm -hmm. or work on some of those crafts that I've been waiting to work on. And so the final thing of the meh, M-E-H-S, is just to stop. Stop eating sugar and refined carbs. Our bodies want to do that in the wintertime. We want to eat those mashed potatoes and those sweets and those foods that feel good. But if you can fill your life with some fruits, vegetables, and healthy fats, those are the four things that can really help get you through some of these winter blues. Again, I always back up and say, if you think you have seasonal affective disorder, if this happens year after year, or if it's getting to a point where you're feeling like you're not able to be successful in your day-to-day -day life, go see a physician, see if you can get a diagnosis that would help you get treatment. But if you're just feeling blah or meh because it's gray outside, meditation, exercise, hugay, or just kind of, you know, snuggling in and stop eating the foods that your body is, knows it shouldn't be eating. Yeah. Eating the right foods definitely does go a long way. And I think that is what gives us the vitamins we need too when we're eating the right food, which we need vitamins every day. I mean, you know, the vitamins from food or whether you're taking a vitamin, whatever the case is, I've just noticed when I'm not taking them and I am taking them, there's a drastic difference in my energy level and the way I'm functioning and the mental functioning. And so that's really important. And you mentioned something like the, the hoogly. Hoogay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Absolutely. Right. Danish. The Danish have a, a way with words. Yes. Well, you mentioned that. And, you know, I think about the power of a weighted blanket. I mean, you know, you might be a person who could utilize a weighted blanket. I know when I, um, I bought one for my, I bought one for myself actually, and my son stole it from me and, you know, I was getting a great night's sleep and now he is, but <laughs> bottom line is, is that a weighted blanket could, could it, 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 it makes you feel like you're wrapped um, and, and covered as well. So that might be something that could help you. And I think your tips are, are spot on. And then there are so many things out there. We talk about meditation and, you know, you know, if you're doing meditation or you are a person, like I'm a music person, when I'm feeling bad, I have, like, I look at my playlist and a lot of my playlists are these uplifting, powerful, you know, <laughs> encouraging, like I'm con what's wrong with being confident, you know, those kind of songs that, that lift me up. And, but I got this idea, you know, from, I, I had this app on my phone that, you know, um, when dealing with depression or those symptoms of depression, the right music and the right tones can really lift your spirit. And I think that maybe you're not the person who sits in the quiet for meditation. Maybe your meditation is putting on some headphones, putting on your uplifting music and getting you out of that funk, but whatever works, Look, we, we have a wrong, no wrong door policy at MDAA. So whatever works for you, that's healthy, that keeps you on the right path, because I want to be clear, that's healthy <laughs> and legal, that keeps you on the right path. That's what we want you to talk to your doctor or to start looking at. Am I right, Jennifer? 
Well, let me pull you a little bit further too. When you're talking about music, you know, sometimes a nice way to meditate or to use meditation is to try to engage another sense too. And so when you're listening to even that super upbeat song, think to yourself, what did the person that wrote this song, what were they thinking when they were writing it? Where were they? Were they sitting? Were they standing? What was it like for them? And you're really using your imagination to try to envision what was going on when somebody was writing or singing that song. When you do that, you're taking yourself away from thinking about, did I unload the dishwasher? Did I do the laundry and all these things? And you're giving yourself a chance to reset. There are so many ways you, you've got it spot on. There's so many ways that you can just use what you're doing on a daily basis and turn it into something meditative, therapeutic, and beneficial for you. Absolutely. And, you know, today we're talking about a lot of, you know, uh, recreational opportunities, but that really is exercise. So just keeping that in your toolbox as well, getting out there in the cold and, and you know, staying out. Um, as, as long as you can or should tolerate, but getting some fresh air is going to help you and do you a world of good. So, you know, I appreciate all that you bring to the table and all of these um, tips. Um, and so if you're if you're struggling or you're dealing with something, know that, you know, you can always reach out to the crisis line. You can always reach out to us to talk to one of our buddy to buddy volunteers. But, you know, take some stock into taking care of yourself and making sure you have the right tools. And don't forget, it's okay to talk to your doctor. And if you're not connected to VA Healthcare, give us a call and we have people who can help connect you at 1-800-MISHFET. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jennifer. Thanks for letting me talk with you today, Director. I appreciate it. As always, we love having you on the show. Can't wait for us to get out on the slopes. We're gonna be talking about that next. So stick around, we'll be right back on The Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. We are speaking today with Marge DeLacy to talk about adaptive winter sports for wounded veterans. Just a little bit about Marge. She has been actively involved with Mount Brighton Adaptive Sports since 2016. She is a level one adaptive ski instructor and also on staff at Ski School at Mount Brighton. Her professional background as a physical therapist and love for skiing and snowboarding allows her to blend these two passions beautifully into the world of adaptive skiing. Growing up skiing in Scotland, she learned to dodge sheep and rocks in the Highlands. Wow. She has been a board member at Mount Brighton Adaptive Sports since 2017. Welcome to the show, Marge. Thank you. Um, so, you know, I, you know, before I was just talking earlier about some of my uh, fun escapades with the adaptive sports as I have a back injury that allowed me to be able to ski with some adaptive equipment, but we would love to hear more about Mount Brighton and, and actually where it's located, because I've never been there. So Mount Brighton is actually in Brighton, Michigan, kind of lower Michigan, and north of Ann Arbor, east of Lansing, so it's not too far from Detroit as well. And it was apparently built as a landfill from when they made I-96. Apparently that's what the land was dug up and dumped here and then this little mountain appeared so it became Mount Brighton. Wow that's interesting I didn't know how close Mount Brighton was I was thinking you had to go all the way up closer to the UP so that's really interesting so yep. you know you you do adaptive sports so what kind of what kind of you know equipment do you utilize with skiing and snowboarding for folks who may need some adaptive equipment? 
So it will depend individually. If somebody's paraplegic, quadriplegic, and they can't stand or walk, they'll be in a sit ski. So it's like a, a bucket on either one or two skis. So if they're really strong upper body, good balance sitting, they'll be in a mono ski and they can learn to be independent skiers. And then the step down from that, if somebody's got a little bit more weak upper body, weak balance sitting, they'll be in a bi ski. Um, if somebody's able to stand and ski, if they've only got maybe one limb, they've had an amputation, they, they'll be what we call three tracking. So they'll be standing on their residual leg. And then they have outriggers, which are like crutches with little skis on the bottom. So that helps with their balance. Um, and then we could have somebody with prosthetic legs on that are on two skis. And some may use those outriggers for balance. Again, some may not need them at all. But if they're on two skis and two outriggers, that's called four tracking. And then we have something called a slider that is like a walker on skis. So somebody that has the ability to stand but has um, impaired balance and wouldn't be successful with this, just the stand-up uh, skiing with outriggers, they use the slider. And the instructor is attached to them by tethers and we control the speed and we can facilitate the turn. Same with the bi ski and the four track and the three track as well. We we help with that um, speed control and facilitating the turns. So our skiers actually end up skiing a much quicker uh, learning curve than regular ski schools because we, we have that ability to facilitate their turns, which in a regular ski lesson, you don't get that luxury. So. Yeah, you know what? That's great. And that's important too. I, I've used a slider ski, a, a, a bi sit ski, because I kept falling over on <laughs> the mono ski. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and also, I was just telling uh, the listeners a, a, a ski bike as well. Um, but oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. yep, I think that's really important. Do you all have you all have the bike ski? We are getting uh, a bike ski and uh, we've been um, working on our funds and that is the hot ticket item that we plan on purchasing for next season. We're actually going to have a clinic. We are partnered with Adaptive Sports Connection out of Ohio and next, I think in two weeks time, we're having an instructor from there bring up a couple of ski bikes to train us on them. So we're going to purchase our own and then next season we'll be good to go with that. And then we now, also teach um, we also teach blind skiers and this, you know cognitive delayed autism all different spectrums. Well, that's great, and I I know you know we're talking about um, you know adaptive sports, and we know that you know we have a large amount of disabled veterans here in Michigan. Now I know it's too late yeah. to sign up for one of your uh, two events you have coming up, um, but can you talk about some of the events you have for veterans and maybe one that's upcoming? Yes, tomorrow on Sunday, January 23rd, we are having um, a Veterans Day at Mount Brighton. We're holding four slots for any potential athletes that are interested. Um, and then we also are hosting an event on February the 13th. In coming tomorrow, they should email us at mtbadaptive at gmail.com. MTB, so Mount be adaptive at gmail.com correct 
perfect. And then um, you you have eight slots available for the event on the 13th, right? Yes, correct. We'll have four slots in the morning and four in the afternoon. Okay, and they can email you at that same email address? Yes, and we can help with the registration. Yes, and this is a completely free event for our veterans. I was so going to ask that. Get, yep, they'll get their lift pass. They'll get the equipment that they need to rent. They'll get two and a half hours of instruction, and it's completely free. Vale is donating the lift passes. So Vale owns Mount Brighton and they're donating the lift passes and the rental equipment. And then our volunteers, obviously, as the instructors are donate our time and do the lessons. Now, is this the only um, events that you have for veterans throughout the year or do you have other, I mean, throughout the winter or do you have others? These are the specific veterans days, but anybody can sign up for, we do lessons every Thursday afternoon and evenings and Sundays throughout the season. They are just open for any athlete that wants to come um, through the adaptive program and it's $45 to come to those days. Okay, that's great. And so where can people find out more information? Um, is there a website that they can uh, go to? Yep, we, we do. We do have a website um, and they could go actually to so mpbadaptivesports.com. Okay, so that's M like Mary, T like Tom, B like boy, adaptive.com? Or adaptive sports. Adaptive sports. Dot com. All right. Well, you all, yep. you know, um, this is a great opportunity for you. Uh, you can learn how to ski there as well. So I'm sure you can check out the website, find out more information. And this will be a great opportunity for veterans and their families to participate in some winter sports. I want to thank you so much for joining us today, Marge. Thank you very much for having me. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. Now, your host, director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome back. We are joined by our final guest, Shelly Rood, co-founder of Others Over Self. Shelly is an Army Reserve veteran. In her military career, she attained the rank of captain while serving and knows firsthand what it means to protect and care for others. She's a business owner operating out of Selfridge Air National Guard Base where she teaches the others over self mindset and is happily married to her business partner. And every day they are tackling the challenge of raising their two sons in an increasingly self-focused society. Others Over Self is a leadership mindset organization that partners with the Michigan Community of Mental Health to assist in facilitating many statewide programs, including providing peer support groups for our nation's female veterans. Welcome to the show, Shelly. Thank you so much, ma'am. Wonderful to hear your voice. Yeah, you too. And so great to have you. I know that you do so many different things. You're a motivational speaker. You do, you know, you have this uh, great, um, uh, I guess, vision and and this this box for women veterans that you send out. I mean, like you, you're highlighting not just women veterans, but you're highlighting women across the state. And you just do a phenomenal job of, of helping to uplift uh, veterans in general. And so, you know, 
it's great to be able to have this conversation to talk about um, recreational opportunities and opportunities for people in winter. <laughs> and mm. so um, I know that you host a lot of events through Others Over Self, but you know, one of the things that caught caught my attention was the snowshoe event that you have planned. Can, can you tell us a little bit more about this? I would love to. Thank you. So we do have a snowshoeing event coming up in early February, and this is for military women and women veterans. Um, what we are noticing, uh, we've been doing this for quite a few years specific to that demographic and military women and women veterans the types of recreational therapy events that they're interested, that we are interested, are very unique. And so we try to offer at least four a year, and they're all different kinds of events. Now, we decided to do something in the winter. What could we do, right? We could go skiing. We could go snowboarding. Uh, we could go downhill tubing. I mean, the opportunities are endless. Oh, hey, we could throw our swimsuits on and do an indoor water park. But right. I know I saw your eyebrows go up on that one. Oh, Lord, put a bathing suit on right now. And those are some of the hesitations that we receive as feedback when we're trying to plan these events. So snowshoeing is exactly what it sounds like. I think if you've been maybe even at Cracker Barrel, you've seen those tennis racket things hanging on the wall. <laughs> and that's what we're going to do. Snowshoes have been modernized. They don't look quite as much like, uh, well, the more modern ones don't. They don't look quite as much as like a tennis racket. Uh, but they are sort of a bigger waffle shape that you just slide onto the bottom of your boot. You would wear a normal boot like our combat boots. And you just walk in the snow. And you actually have to have a good ground covering. So the event that we have coming up is free for military women and women veterans. It's being held on February 11th from 2 to 4 p.m. And if we do have, we, I mean, we're almost sold out at this point, so we will definitely add more dates and times as the interest is there. That's one of the benefits of the program is there are no limits. If there's an interest or a need, the need is so great that we just keep adding wonderful things to do. So this particular event, if you've never been snowshoeing before, it's made for all different levels of fitness. So a lot of my military ladies have issues with backs and with their knees. Sometimes even just walking can be a difficult thing. I'm talking to the preacher here about difficulty walking, <laughs> Director <laughs> Adams. <laughs> so you know what it's like. Sometimes you really are feeling like, well, it sounds easy, but it is going to be a significant challenge for me. And that's a good thing because you're going to be connected with other like-minded women who are experiencing a lot of the same hesitations. And by doing this as a group event, you have an opportunity to be honest with yourself and with the ladies around you about how you're feeling and where your challenges are. And we're not going alone. We have one of my dear friends, his name is Brian, and he's the owner of Great Lakes Surf Shop. And he's, I, I gave him this title of professional adventurer, <laughs> because if you know Brian, I mean, he owns a surf shop. He goes uh, skiing and skateboarding and you name it, he's doing it. So Brian's going to be out there with us as our trail guide, if you will. So if you are more comfortable with uh, a male peer, or if you do have some questions about other types of exciting things that might be right for you, Brian is the perfect person to ask. So we're looking forward to that. And the location is in Bloomfield Hills um, they in West Bloomfield, Michigan. They have some really incredible trails out there. And I'm looking forward to everybody who can come out. So that's great information. Um, and I just wanted to back up. You mentioned, you, you mentioned a couple of times military 
women and women veterans. Can you just kind of uh, give us, you know, tell us what that is so that people know whether it pertains to them? Thank you so much. Yes, that's a big deal because that is a term that affects our identity, right? And what we think about ourselves. A military woman is someone who is currently serving in the military. It doesn't matter whether it's active duty or maybe you're on guard, uh, just in the reserves, in the IRR, it doesn't matter. You're still a woman serving in the military. Uh, A woman veteran for us, for the funding that helps support these programs, it doesn't matter if you qualify for benefits. It doesn't matter if you have a disability rating. For us, if you served at all in military service, then we do consider you a veteran. It doesn't matter if you were active duty or a guard or reserve. Uh, Your service time is your service time, and we're honored to help use that title in reference to you. That's great, great information. And, And you talked about funding. What is the cost to the veteran? Is there a cost? Oh, no, never any cost to the veteran. We try very, very hard so that when we're offering things to military personnel, the vets and the military people themselves are not paying for it. Uh, We do really well with outside funding. So for this particular event, um, we are having the fees covered by the Walking with Warriors program, which operates through the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. We're running this under their uh, peer support program called Woman Veterans Strong for military women in the state of Michigan. And Great Lakes Surf Shop, Brian, he is coming on board and I'm taking care of any of the fees associated for that. That's great. And so have you had one of these events before, like the snowshoeing? This is our first time snowshoeing. We have, uh, we, we get together all the time and all different types of women come every time. It's not like the same group that keeps popping up, which is so much fun. Uh, we went hiking to see the owls, but this is our first time actually snowshoeing. Uh, and we're getting some women that I've never met before. So it's going to be a great opportunity to get to know each other for the first time. Well, it sounds fun. And earlier in the show, I was talking about snowshoeing and how we have we have our winter sports club complex out here. And I will say that even with my back injury, you know, I was able to snowshoe you, you take it at your pace. And so it's really is a great outdoor activity. Just make sure you're dressing warm, but it's really cool walking on the snow and not sinking <laughs> with those snowshoes. So, um, so, you know, where can somebody register um, for the available spots? Uh, we're not hiding. If you look up others over self, Anywhere on social media, you'll find us and you'll find the event listing. Uh, If you like to go direct to Facebook or direct to Eventbrite, then it's listed there as well. Again, that's others over self. And if you're looking for some search terms, type in military, women, snowshoe, and I'm sure you'll find it. And I did want to mention too, you know, a lot of our military women and women vets, we hesitate to do outings like this because of childcare, huh? Yeah, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have two kids. It's like, well, where's the baby going to go? Not on my back. <laughs> yeah. So I did want to mention that if you feel that your children are of appropriate age and that they would be able to enjoy this event, please do bring them with you. Uh, and we would love to cover the cost for them as well. We're asking no spouses just because this is a chance for you to socially gather with your fellow military women and spouses. Let's be honest, they tend to get in the way, <laughs> but please bring your kids. They do. So, you know, you all heard that others over self is uh, where you can uh, do a search term on social media, uh, Eventbrite or Facebook. And um, this is going to be a great event and you're expecting a a great turnout. So I just want to thank you for joining the show and for everything that you're doing for veterans, women veterans and across the board. 
Oh, thank you so much, Zanetta. I'm blushing hearing you say that to me. I want to thank our other guest as well, uh, Jennifer Lamb. And thank you again, Aaron, for coming on to talk with me about skiing and adaptive sports as well. If you want to learn more information, you can visit us at uh, michigan.gov slash MDAA. You can give us a call at 1-800-MISHFIT. That's 1-800-642-4838. And if you are a veteran in crisis, you can always contact the VA at the crisis line one 800 273-8255, press one, or you can text 838-255. Remember that everything we covered today was a lot, but you can always find us at wjr.com slash Veterans Perspective, or you can download the podcast at Apple, Google, Spotify, any of those places pretty much that has a podcast. Thank you for joining us today and see you next week on the Veterans Perspective. <laughs>